What is the lawsuit against Ring for the Ring doorbell and MSPs have in common? More than you think. Listen up. Hey, it's Brad Gross coming at you with another technology broadcast. If you're a service provider and you want to learn some things, give me a few minutes. You're going to learn a lot. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another technology broadcast episode. So, have you guys seen this this lawsuit against Ring? It was filed a few days ago. I was on Fox Business News on uh, on Monday, December 30th, talking about it. It is a peculiar complaint. That's the best way to say it. It's peculiar. It, it tries to hold Ring, which is owned by Amazon, responsible for the fact that hackers have hacked into the doorbell and have been able to see and hear what the doorbell captures. And in some cases, hackers have even communicated with the people they were watching. Now that is, I mean, that's creepy stuff for sure, right? I, I think that we can all agree that's, that's pretty creepy. But does the plaintiff have a case? I think not. And what does all of this have to do with MSPs anyway? Hang on, I'm gonna tell you in about five minutes. Now, if you wanna check out the complaint, you can do a search for orange versus ring complaint text or something like that, and you should be able to find it on, on sites like documentcloud.org. I've read the complaint. I've been in data privacy and security fields for a very long time, 20 plus years, two different district attorney's offices, and I think that this complaint should be dismissed immediately, immediately by the court. Creepy or not, it should be dismissed. Look. The complaint begins by calling Ring a security and safety company. But it's not. It's not. It's a company that makes a video doorbell that can increase the safety and comfort of those who use it. Ring is not ADP. Ring is not Brinks. It's an OEM. Okay? It's an OEM. It makes an internet-enabled video camera and transceiver. That's what it does. By labeling it as a safety company, the plaintiff is setting up a misleading framework. It, it, the plaintiff is forcing you, really is, wants you to, to look at the company through security-colored glasses. But here's the thing, guys. Ring never said it was a security company. There is a difference between selling a product that can provide you with a measure of security and being a security company. You know, having a Louisville slugger next to your door can also provide security. And, and, and having a big dude stand outside of your door can also provide a measure of security. You place security cameras around your home, that's providing security. But if you don't know how to use those items correctly, if you don't tell the security guy what to look for, or if you don't know how to hold a Louisville slugger, or if you don't know how to position security cameras, then the value right? The value of those things becomes diminished to the point of, of utility. And that's the case here. Listen, if you have the wherewithal to buy a ring doorbell, set it up in a place to capture crucial visual and audio data, and you have the wherewithal to link it to the internet and view it through, uh, through a web page, through a website, then it's reasonable. In fact, it's obvious to assume that you also have or should have the wherewithal to protect it with a password that hasn't been used a hundred times or one that, you know, isn't known to all your family members or one that isn't easily guessed. I mean, at what point are we going to say the consumer 
has to shoulder some responsibility? At what point do we stop looking to the makers of technology for full assistance and take the most obvious steps to protect ourselves? If Ring made promises about virtual security and broke them, then that would be a breach of an implied contract, if not breach of an actual contract. If Ring left its security wide open after telling people that it had built-in security measures, then, again, that might be a breach. But Ring never did that. It didn't make that kind of a promise. It only made a promise that the data that it collects, meaning the data that Ring itself collects, and the data that Ring receives would be treated confidentially by Ring. And to the best of my knowledge, that promise has not been violated. This brings me to my next point. Security and privacy are two very different things. Privacy is the ability to control how your information is collected, used, stored, and deleted at some point in the future. Privacy is the right to be left alone. Privacy may include the right to be forgotten. I mean, that's what EU's um, GDPR is about, right? The new privacy law in the EU? That's another story. But by contrast, security is the ability to protect your data from unauthorized access and use. Security is not privacy. Privacy is controlling your data. Security is protecting it. Now, security certainly can provide privacy, because of all the consumer products that are out there that collect private information, some consumers, some, have mixed privacy and security together. Some people think that they are one and the same, but they're not. Some people think that if a company collects private information through an internet-enabled device, then that device is or should be impenetrable from a security perspective. Now, there are at least three problems with that approach. First, no security device is impenetrable. None, not one, hard stop. It has not been created. There's nothing on the horizon that appears to be impenetrable. So that's just a, a, a falsity. That's a false sense of security. Second, Ring never said its device offers the latest and greatest security solution. That was an assumption, an incorrect assumption, made by naive consumers who still believe that Companies like Ring should be taking care of the consumer's security at all costs and under all circumstances. They still believe that companies like Ring should be saving the consumers from themselves, and that is unheard of. That is not done in any other industry. Like, do banks require ATM cards to have non-repeating numbers in their passwords? I mean, if you want to have an ATM card and you wanted your, your code to be 1234, would your bank stop you? Of course not. Do credit cards require consumers to enter multi-digit strong passwords before using the cards? Of course not. At best, at best, credit cards require a zip code. That's it. I mean, do keypad-enabled locks, like those install, installed in the front doors of millions of homes, do those require multi-digit strong numerical passwords? I mean, if you want to make a, a code 1111, would the lock open? Of course. So, so why the double standard? There's no logical basis for it. Third, the security that Ring would be responsible for in this case is only the security of the data it collects. In other words, if Ring has data in its possession, then it would be likely tasked with protecting that data. 
You know, for example, Ring may collect some of that audio or video captured by the doorbell for quality assurance. If it did that, then it would be responsible for protecting the data, that data, while it's on its servers. In this lawsuit, there is no allegation, none, that Ring's security, Ring's internal servers, its internal security system, was breached. Instead, the allegations are that the password that the consumer placed on the device was breached and that the consumer should have been forced to pick a stronger password or use two-factor authentication. In other words, Ring should have worked harder to protect people from themselves. I say nonsense. What the lawsuit tries to do is it tries to mix security and privacy. It tries to sell you on the fact that if a company like Ring is providing a device that can aid you in a security solution, then it can also protect you from yourself. It can protect you from doing things like using an easy-to-guess password. Guys, that is one hell of a slippery slope, and I am telling you, do not buy into it. It would likely result in the stifling of innovation. It will force tech companies to pay an inordinate amount of attention to ensuring that people don't do stupid things, like use passwords that are easily guessed. And it will take away the valuable time that these companies can use to increase efficiency and effectiveness of their products. Now listen, there's a flip side. If Ring made a promise, if Ring guaranteed that its own servers, Amazon, I guess, <clears throat> Amazon servers, were secure, and it turns out they weren't, my opinion would be different. If Ring made a promise that it would not share your private data, and then it did, my opinion would be different. But that didn't happen here. This case needs to go away, and go away fast. In the meantime, consumers need to improve the way they do things and use better passwords and utilize the protective schemes in place and be aware of the risks of not doing so. Now, why is all of this important to you as an MSP? Because, folks, this is the way plaintiff's lawyers think. This, this is how it goes down, and you're seeing it in real time. Plaintiff's lawyers take a situation, they twist it, and they try to impose liability on the so-called deep pockets, which would be you, in the name of justice and fairness. And it is not just, and it is not fair, and if you think MSPs are immune, you're wrong. Today, ring, tomorrow, you. It's only a matter of time before MSPs become the targets of plaintiff's lawyers for things that happen in a managed IT environment. Now, how are you going to avoid this? You know how. You've heard me say it before. You're going to avoid it by using a rock-solid master service agreement. You're going to avoid it by managing customer expectations through clear statements of work. For example, if you think that your customers need to educate their staff about malware, then you need to make that a requirement in your documents. And you need to say that clearly. You need to say, if you want to enforce this, you need to say, customer, you are required to educate your employees to properly identify and react to phishing activity or fraudulent attempts to obtain sensitive information, right, by disguising oneself as a trustworthy entity. You need to say that. If you want your clients to be insured against this, you need to say that too. You need to tell them to obtain insurance against cyber attacks, cyber data loss, malware-related issues, privacy-related breaches.
because these incidents can occur even under a best practice, best case scenario. And you need to say that as well. Now, that's what you need to do. You need to do it now because there are plaintiff's attorneys like this, in this case, in this ring case, that are going to be gunning for you. Not sure how to do this? You call me, 954-217-6225, or you email us at info at bradleygross.com. Don't be a victim. Get it done now, and we will see all of you on the next Technology Bradcast.